0: Grand Rising, and welcome to the Ascension Medicine Podcast with your host, G. Francois. Thank you for being here. This is a space where we will explore all things consciousness, all things spirituality, diving deep into conversations with soul fam all around the world. I will be sharing practices, guided meditations, and all of the good stuff to help and to assist with your personal Ascension process. Welcome. Grand Rising, and welcome to this episode of the Ascension Medicine Podcast. I am your host, G. Francois. So it has been a hot minute since I have jumped on to share... I have been in such a deep and beautiful spiritual process, one that I am currently still very much in the thick of. But today I I have the space and the inspiration and the willing to share with you all in the hope that something can resonate and be of use to somebody at this time. And so firstly, I would just like to thank you for being here and for receiving this message. And also for being a seeker and walking the path towards yourself, which I'm assuming that if you are listening to this and other similar content, that that is what you are doing in some, in some way, shape or form. Okay, so... Today what's alive for me is relationships. Now relationships can be such a fast track path to spiritual growth, mental and emotional growth as well, as well as enlightenment really, especially if we are looking at the tantric paths where we can where we can use our sexual energy, the the life force energy, the creation energy, and we can harness that and direct it in optimal ways for our rapid spiritual growth and evolution, rather than suppressing it, rather than denying it. But of course, abstinence In itself is a very beautiful and potent path to take and it is one that I have taken and I have I have practiced years of abstinence probably not at a time but if you add up all of the time a year here six months here and not just moments of situational abstinence but intentional moments of abstaining for spiritual purity. At the moment, it's not a path that I am taking. I'm definitely feeling a strong resonance with the path of partnership and union with another being and conscious sexuality, the safe container that an intimate connection can provide to go deeper and to hold these processes as they come up. I would say that collectively, it's our big work, sexuality, it's a huge trauma. And we don't have to look far to see how that manifests in terms of the porn culture, in terms of violence around sexuality, the shaming of sexuality, specifically the shaming upon the feminine form and the violence upon the feminine form. Our sexuality as, as a collective has been attacked and it has been traumatised and re-traumatised. It is being continually traumatised. But... There are many of us, many beings who are reclaiming our sexual sovereignty and they are doing so in a number of ways, specifically the sacred reclamation of our sexuality in a way that we are not driven by our sexual desires, we are not driven by the energies of our sacral chakra and our lower energy centers, but we are more working to pull them up, anchor them into the heart, and express them from that place, from a place that is rooted in love and unity, in honor and respect of the sacred, recognizing the divine within ourselves, and therefore recognizing the divine within our partner, the other being that we are connecting with. Now this sounds easier than it is, for sure, because I think it's really important to remember where we are coming from as a collective. We are literally the children of violence and it is something that is within us and it plays out through the music that is being created and the films that are being created and the culture and the way that individuals within this collective feel about themselves and feel about sexuality and the shame that is so heavily laden upon that. So on, on a very physical and sexual level, there is a lot that can come up when we are relating with others. And that's before we even start bringing our own personal baggage to the table, which inevitably it, it does come to the table even with the best will in the world and the best intention in the world to, to not allow that to be the case. And I, I feel as though the beauty of divine connection is that there is space for all of that. There is space for all of the parts of all of the beings. The light, the dark, the hurt parts the divine parts, the human parts, all of the parts, when the container is safe and sacred and strong and intentional, there is space for all of these energies to be seen and to dance and to be alchemized and possibly even released and even even if they are not released, the the whole point of it is is not to release them. It's not to come together to heal so that we are different. It is to work with what is already here, what is present, and to work with it in the most optimal way. And so that might look different in different situations. It may look like a transmutation of some parts, a refinement, a sublimation of some energies in some parts. It may even look like a complete personality transformation because, again, our personalities are not us. Our minds are not us. And we only have to think to when we were a child... The thoughts that we had, the beliefs that we had, the music we listened to, the people that we were surrounded by, the personality that we had as a child and then maybe as a teenager and then maybe even five years ago. For me, I can even, I can even see the transformations that happen in such shorter periods of time and probably for other beings who are quite, steadfast on their spiritual path, they may notice how much they and those around them who are on a similar path may transform in short spaces of time, six months, three months, one year, this kind of thing. I think it is important to hold this sense of self, sense of personality very delicately and to not be too attached to it, because ultimately what we are is so much more than this changeable egoic construct, but now that 's not to deny that aspect of ourselves or our partner, so we may ask ourselves how how can we how can we not only love those parts in ourselves, those challenging parts, those egoic parts those heady, mindy, competitive parts, possibly. But how can we then extend that love and compassion to another? And perhaps for some, it's, it's actually easier to extend that love and compassion to another than it is for themselves. I would say that's not, my, that's not been my, my struggle. It's been far easier for me to accept my parts than the challenging parts in another especially when it may seem as though those parts are, are dangerous, you know. They're dangerous to my path. They're a distraction to my path. And this is something that I've been journeying through at the moment. I will just straight up say that in this moment, I do feel as though it is important that when we are on the spiritual path, that we give ourselves the best chance possible. And by this, I am I am speaking to this idea of connecting with another being, especially in a romantic way. And this is not necessarily in terms of friendships, but possibly it may extend towards every aspect of our lives if we feel as though that is necessary. But connecting with a partner with whom we share similar values. And this doesn't have to be a judgmental place. It doesn't have to come from a judgmental place or a place of superiority, but it, it can just be a personal preference. Because if we are on the path and our partner isn't, or if we are, if we are trying very hard to disidentify with our egos, and to come into the heart space and perhaps our partner hasn't made that their their focus or perhaps they are more identified with their minds or their egos this will likely pull you into that ego space because that that is how it goes when when there is when there is such polarity and difference and we come together in that way we will generally find some kind of a middle ground but in terms of walking the spiritual path that can look as though you've come off your path you may find yourself in spaces that are not optimal and with habits and behaviors maybe arising that are not optimal and this is not to shift the responsibility and accountability of what we are actually doing, what we are choosing to be and embody, but it is actually just really acknowledging that we don't need to test ourselves. We don't need to put an alcoholic in a room full of alcohol and lock them in there. We don't need to put a child in a sweet shop and tell them they can't have any sweets. There's no need to do this. And that same alcoholic may be dry for 10 years, 20 years, and if you really push them, they may drink. And maybe that drink may result in 10 more drinks and behaviours that they have not displayed in 20 years that come back just like that. And personally, I, I am someone who who sees the gold in everything. So I would say, well, you know, clearly there was something still there that needs to be worked through. And, you know, this this can be true, but I also do feel as though we, we, we have to be careful when it comes to spiritual bypassing, almost, or, or this kind of, this kind of way of just kind of saying that, everything that is in our experience is is for us. And that might sound like a real contradiction because I do also believe that everything that is in our experience is for us. But I also believe that we have free will and we are sovereign beings and we can develop an intuition and a discernment that is not triggered or not as a reaction to our traumas and our patternings and our programmings but that is actually coming from such a divine space of knowing true self and not egoic self and then making that informed decision about where we are placing ourselves what experiences we are opening ourselves up to and i use this example and i will use it now if we had a newborn baby, if we had a child that we were responsible for, would we be putting that child in the environments that we put ourselves in? Would we be playing the music that we play to that child, or playing the movies or the programs that we play to ourselves in earshot or in eyeshot of our child, or even having them in the company that we may have for ourselves? Now, again, that's not a judgment. That's not a judgment on those things, but we may just be more sensitive to what is beneficial to that pure being and how we want that being to be untraumatized, really, to be pure, to have the best chance to be their true self. Because never is it more clear than when a baby is born. And you see that true personality. you see that true being without any of the doubts and the ego and without any of any of the stuff. That is the true essence. That is the true personality, rather than the egoic personality. So returning to this theme of choosing a partner who has similar values. And a similar value that could be optimal could be that we are going to hold this relationship as a sacred container. We are going to try to live in our hearts. We will try to identify less with our minds. It can be as simple as that. Or perhaps it could be something like we will plant trees together and rescue animals... Or we will clean up the oceans and we have this joint mission and we both really believe in this. This can be really helpful, but it's not to say that that is a deal breaker. Because equally when both parties come and meet together and there is a depth of awareness and love and and knowing of themselves to some degree, then actually we can be very different. We can be very different and it can still work. So something that I have recently moved through was connecting with somebody who, who is very different to me in, in many ways and... The relationship itself being this vehicle to allow me to cultivate a deeper sense of of acceptance, love and compassion and to peel back the layers of judgment that I was holding. Now maybe some of you may relate to this. Probably sensitive beings, empaths, maybe beings who are neurodivergent, starseeds, however we wanna call it, right? But since I was very young, I I remember feeling abandoned by everybody around me as they started to identify more and more with their minds. And I noticed it from the age of four even, even before that, where I looked around in my classroom and I was like, where where has everyone gone? And it felt as though, as the time went on, people were more and more identifying with their minds. And this is not to say that I have not also followed that path, but I would definitely say that I am more inclined to being more in the present moment and more resting in the heart. And this sense of abandonment has... Kind of been with me in in many of my relationships, in that when sharing an intimate moment and really feeling somebody's heart and then being together in that space and then kind of coming out of that space, feeling as though that person had left and had maybe resorted to a personality, I suppose the sense of abandonment would feel stronger the stronger their identification with that personality was. And so the identification with that personality that the other being was experiencing was very, very strong to the point where they told me that they are their ego, they are their personality, and they are their mind, and that I must accept that as them. Now, for me, I... I was instantly falling back on my spiritual knowledge and wisdom of, no, that's not true. You are not that. But at the same time, opening for answers in the universe, opening for those answers, would they come to me? Would it be possible? Would it be possible to love such a being and to journey in such a way when there is such a heavy um, ego identification and the answer did come and I would like to share it because maybe this can be useful and probably it's just a reminder and you may already know this because I, I did but it, it landed in a way that has never in before and that that is now part of my being and is now just part of me and that is this so yeah everything is one everything is sacred everything is god god exists within everything every single thing every reflection from the ant to the mosquito to the tree to our lover to our enemy and so lately I've been surrendering more and more to, to God and to this sacred and this, this unity. But at the same time, I was trying to understand, well, if we're all one then and I kill a mosquito, then how does that even make karma? Because that's just me. It's not a separate soul. And there is this kind of dualistic way of looking at this concept where we are all these separate souls and creating this karma. But actually, like it, it goes even beyond that, right? It, it goes even beyond that. And all is just consciousness. All is just love. All is just consciousness. And so when my lover is expressing through their ego... That is pure consciousness. That is pure love coming through the filter of them. And that filter, as it comes through, it bounces off of all of the duality and all of the programming and all of the beliefs and, and contractions and, and all of it that makes that unique experience of that being But you see as that pure love and that pure witness consciousness comes through and it goes through that filter and it comes out as the ego expression. And so, of course, the more blockages, the more duality, the more opinions and the more programmings that a being has, then the bigger their ego will be and the more identified they will be with it. But we all have it, right? We all have it. Consciousness will come through in a very unique way for all of us. Now, for some people, it it may look very holy. Maybe they eat very, very well and they don't take sugar and they meditate for hours a day and they practice for hours per day and they listen to high vibrational music and surround themselves in nature and they try to care for themselves as they would care for their most beloved child in the way of keeping them pure and safe and giving them the best chance to flourish as their true authentic expression. But that is still coming through that very specific lens, right? It's no better, it's no worse. And the the ego expression that is coming through is still consciousness. It is still sacred. It is still part of this whole thing. My realization was this, that that there is no better and there is no worse. And there is no more sacred. And actually, yes, yes, it is possible to love an ego and to love a mind and to love a personality because ultimately you are loving that being. And yes, of course, we also love their true self, their true nature that we, we witness. We witness in those moments of softness and of authenticity. And we feel them and we, we, we see their true self when we look in their eyes. But then we can also recognize when they're expressing in a different way. And how that may look and also how that may feel to be around. This sense of judgment and superiority. And it it has definitely been something that I I have held and I have felt. But actually, if we see the whole universe, the whole of creation as God, it's all sacred. Every single thing that is coming into our experience is God. And therefore, all of the personalities, all of the energies is God, is sacred, is worthy of love, is love, is beautiful, is a beautiful expression of source, all of it. And the moment that we bring any judgment or sense of superiority, we basically, what we do in that moment is that we take ourselves at the opposite frequency to unity consciousness, in that moment, because the two things can't exist at the same time, right? Judgment and, and, and unity. And so we can really be open to our experience with love and compassion and curiosity, but at the same time, actually exercising discernment and intuition Because again, if we are deciding that devotion to our path and to the sacred is is the most important thing within our human experience, then we will make choices that are in alignment to that. And that extends to every aspect of our lives from what we eat, from what we watch, from what we listen to, from who we are around, from the spaces we are in, from what we do with our days, and what we do with our our lives, how we make money, where we are putting our minds. And we can do that without judgment. We can just make a choice. We can exercise our free will choice. And I feel that when we do that in a relationship, when we use our free will choice, and that choice is that other being, and we are saying, yes, this is my path. This is in alignment with my values. This is in alignment with my path. I'm choosing this. I'm choosing you. It's still not going to be easy. It's still going to be challenging. But we do give ourselves the best chance. Because as I was saying before, relating with another is a challenging process. It's a very brave process. And it is one that When each one of us choose to embark upon this path with awareness and love, we actually change the collective consciousness. We are working towards healing this huge trauma, this huge break in the collective heart and the consciousness that is around this. We're learning it all, how to communicate, how to hold boundaries, how to express our needs. How to be there for another how to balance it all how to be present how to make love all of it it's it's a a huge commitment and it's big work but it it is so worth it is so worth this work because the rewards that can come from this potency of a container can be so deeply transformational and bring us closer to enlightenment, closer to the true nature of our being. And when we can do that with another being in love, when we can practice love, when we can be love, we have that opportunity, we have that reflection of another being where we can embody love, because that's all we really need to be, and that's all we really are, and sometimes we forget that. But our beloved can remind us and can bring us back to the path of the heart more and more easily than if we are navigating that space alone, possibly. Okay, so I'm going to leave this here for today. It's a huge topic to unpack and... Actually, there is so much more that I want to go into with this in terms of like polarities, masculine, feminine, wounded masculine, wounded feminine, divine masculine, divine feminine, um, tantra, sacred sexuality. I mean, it's it's an endless topic, and then we get into twin flames and soulmates and and all of this stuff that is is pretty um is a pretty full topic so um I'll leave this here today thank you so much for listening and if you haven't already please like comment subscribe follow all of the links to all of the social medias are in the bio and If you wish to work with me one-to-one, you can book an online energy session or a reading or a guidance coaching through ascensionmedicine.org. You can also join the Patreon community where we meet regularly to share from our hearts and to work with potent spiritual practices of purification and initiations You can also work with me in person, if you happen to be in Mexico, in Mesunte, where I am holding ceremonial spaces, working with plant medicines and energy healings, blessings, and grand risings. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Ascension Medicine podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it. I have been your host, G. Francois. As always, the links are in the bio. If you haven't already, please subscribe, please follow me, Instagram, G underscore Francois, Ascension Medicine ascensionmedicine.org where you can book one-to-one quantum energy healing sessions join one of the many courses or classes that are taking place connect with guided meditations and exclusive content grand risings and blessings